Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken M, and I am in the studio by myself. There's a little backstory going on with this. If you heard the sports episode this week, Padawan J has been fighting off a very bad cold, and unfortunately it has progressed to the point he could not make it into this episode for you to hear his takes on movies, TV, comics. So we definitely wish him well, and definitely he's drinking a lot of DayQuil, so he will be back for the next episode. He has been chiming in a couple things for one-shots, but fear not, the show will go on. And I definitely want to give a quick shout-out to Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, Rich from 3FN, the 3 Fat Nerds podcast. They definitely were offering to come in and fill in, but for the time, we got a co-host in that could make it in, that we could do the show early for you, so you wouldn't be missing out on the weekend. And he is definitely a favorite of the ODPH podcast crew you know him. We plug him every single week on the Movies, TV, and Comics episode, better known as the Entertainment Edition. If you're into comic books and you are not following Cheers to Comics podcast, what are you waiting for? You need to step up. You need to hit that sub button. You need to definitely tell your friends about it. You need to tell your their friends about it. You need to tell everybody about it because if it's comic books, this is the podcast you need to go check. Dare I say... Leading the revolution in podcast groups because he just started the Apocalypse community. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the ODPH podcast from the Cheers to Comics podcast, Brian Wayne. Brian, what is going on, man? Yo, dude, that was a hell of a that was a hell of an intro. That was a hell of an intro. I, I appreciate that, and, but it's all true. It's all so true. This, the Cheers to Comics is definitely the place to go for comics. But um, I'm 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 very much Brian Wayne, and man, Ken, this is uh, I, I listen to your podcast all the time, and you know I know you you plug Cheers all the time. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I, you guys have been having all these guest spots, and I was like, oh, I can't wait till I have the opportunity to be able to record because my schedule is super packed. You know, I I have two full-time jobs on top of a podcast that puts out three episodes a week. Um, so I'm a, I'm a busy guy. You know, my schedule usually is 80 to 100 hours a week on average. Oh so me doing guest spots is unheard of. But I was the, the uh, I had a little bit of a sniffle this morning, and I was like, oh, I'm going to call into work. I'm not dealing with anything today. So um, here we are. Uh, I was actually just getting ready to record um, – the final edition of the trade negotiations for volume 12 of Chew. Oh, when, yeah, I, I was, I was just wrapping up chapter one of that, of that episode. And then I seen this whole, um, yeah, throughout the, uh, the apocalypse community co-host down need help. And I was like, Oh, please be ODPH. It's ODPH. And here I am, man. So the, the, the stars have aligned and, um, I'm happy. I'm happy. Oh, dude, I'm super happy. If anybody is just tuning in and has not heard us mention about Brian being on the show, we've been trying to do this since he was gracious enough to let me 
co-host on his year in review 2019 episode on Cheers of Comics, which you should download. It is a phenomenal episode, and we've been just trying to figure out a time to get him on the ODPH, and I'm so happy we had to do this. Unfortunately, Pat is sick for it because I know he definitely wants to interact with you uh, at some point on the show, so definitely we'll have to make sure you come back sooner than later. But for this episode, we should just definitely jump right in. So let's give the quick plugs if everybody wants to join in, shall we? OchoDuroParleyHour.com. You can head over there, hit up the social media links, and join in the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And definitely we'll have the link up later today for the Apocalypse community on the ODPH directory because now we're on Podchaser. Yes, yes, that just happened moments ago as well. I've been a busy, sick guy today. Yeah, you've been putting some work, my friend. Dude, I can't stop. Like I said, I, I, I might actually be a real-life workaholic. I, I call in sick, and I still... I've been working since uh, seven o'clock this morning. I yeah, seven o'clock this morning. Wow. Technically six, because uh, I did actually attempt to go to work and turned around because of the sniffle. So yeah, um, I'm. This is yep. <laughs> nah, man, you've been putting in a lot of work, and it's definitely paying off. I mean, the group is just exploding right now. So definitely, and thank you for putting that together. Dude, thank you. You've kind of really helped me helm that whole thing, man. I mean, well, your your people and my people and then all of their people all came together and we we had to start like a part 2 right off the bat. So, yeah, it's um, been I'm, it was this has been amazing. It's uh, so I I really do thank you for your help on that. You're a big part of it. No, absolutely, man. I'm glad to be a part of it and you know, for everybody that's been in there, the group's been very positive and interacting. Shout out to everybody in there. I don't have the list up in front of me otherwise I'd be shouting out shows. But we got to get on with oh, this dude. one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. If you were to shout out everyone in that group, we'd we need like another twelve minutes of segment to. Uh, <laughs> we grew quick, man. There's a lot. There's a lot to shout out there. So just everybody at Apocalypse, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just deep dive into the show for this week on the ODPH Entertainment Edition, and let's talk a little Walking Dead. Now, if you haven't been watching, the season has now picked back up. It's the mid-season break. A lot of things have been happening, so we are going to be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen it and you want to watch the show. Pause this episode, jump right back in, because we're going to deep dive in three, two, one. Brian, you saw this week's episode. What did you think? Yeah, see, it's I, I, it was all too fitting that you're talking Walking Dead, because I don't watch TV. I don't do entertainment much. I just, I, you know, I, I'm obviously, like I said, I'm busy. I, I read comics, but I'm still hooked on The Walking Dead for some reason. And, um, you know, it's, uh, so this episode too, I found it to be a lot stronger than the, the mid, uh, series premiere or whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. Uh, it was good. You know, I, 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 I'm still waiting for something super drastic to happen though. I miss the deaths. I miss, uh, you know, like you guys talked about, um, on the, uh, the last, well, the last time you talked about the walking dead, there's just, the deaths just don't they don't come as hard as they, they did before. You know, I'm waiting for somebody I really like to die. Like King, uh, uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah. You know, he's the person I love most. that's still alive in every episode. I'm like, Oh, when's he going to die? But now I just kind of feel like, Oh no, he's, he's here for a while. Um, at least probably till the end of this season, you know, these, these, uh, so I mean, carrying on with this episode too. Um, Daryl, man, I mean, Daryl's a badass. He's still a badass. I like that, you know, they, they if they really want to put all their the eggs in the, the Daryl basket, then let's let's get a real Daryl episode. I'm tired of seeing Carol's crazy ass, I'm not gonna lie. Kinda hope that she is the death this season that rocks everybody's world. Because 
she's kind of becoming the annoying character at this point. Yeah. Last season, she was redeeming. She was a badass. And now all of a sudden, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So. Yeah, she 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 has been a letdown this season, and just to see how like they made her so badass and terminus, and that was like okay, that's the the Carol we want to see, and to see how she's like regressed as a character on the show, it, it like I said last week when they're in the cave, and all of a sudden she starts screaming for no reason, and then she acts like she got bit, I I or scratch whatever the case was, that entire episode she was acting like she was gone, which I was like perfect. Now we have a meaningful death on this show. Because we haven't had one in a long time, right? And then, no. and then, yeah, and just to see how it kind of portrayed. So this episode, though, like you said, was a step in the right direction. When they let Daryl Dixon unleashed, this is like when Wolverine has a spotlight issue in X Men. Okay, dude, I I really like the fact that they played into the blood under the eyes thing with the camera thing. They didn't yeah. ever do it, but they showed that look. You know, it's not everything's a perfect situation for Daryl. You know, it's like the the dude. He really is a true badass. Uh, the way he—I mean—he's got blood in his eyes right off the bat, and uh, just the way he overcame. And you know, I wasn't too fond of how, um, like I said, we are talking spoilers. Yeah, you said yep. spoilers. Uh, how they just kind of left Alpha to still be alive. Yeah. To be uh, uh, well, uh, for lack of using words, we're not allowed to say anymore. Silly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I I hated that, but I knew I did um, kind of predict that the daughter would show up and that would be a thing, but I didn't expect that reaction or interaction between the two of or the reuniting between Alpha and oh, what's her face? Lydia. So, Lydia. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's I was kind of confused by that, but at the same time, in the end, I was. I was happy with the outcome overall. Um, you know, I'm the the whole whispers thing. I'm 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 ready for the whispers thing to end. I am. Yeah, I'm over it. Yeah, same same here. It it just seems like recently on the show, like the story arcs that are in the comics, they're dragging out and just forcing a lot of filler down, and it's just really watering down the stories. Yeah, and you know, I don't know how dramatic. Yeah, we'll see. I have it's, this might be an unpopular opinion here, um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be with you. But I, I don't remember. I can't say admit remember. I don't know how Alpha was written in the comics, and if she was as dramatic as she is here. But this actress playing her now, granted, she's she's doing a good job. But I find she just overacts every scene. Just every scene seems so overacted to me, and it just it kind of takes me away from it. Like I get it, she's a beast. Uh, you know, she is the alpha. She is a, a scary character. She is one to be reckoned with. But the the constant, oh, slow whispering southern slang, every single scene is like, come on, man. It's it's kind of like how ne- they had to shut up Negan and pull some lines from him for a while because, you know, people started saying, like, look, dude, it's kind of a one-trick pony with your dialogue deliverance. You know, you're, you're awesome on screen. You're cool, but, you know, you're you're... Mm, well, I get it. I, well, I I think the problem that they're doing is they're just trying to give too much dimensions to characters they don't need to. And I think that mm. like for Alpha is Alpha was so cold and calculating in the comics that now that she's on TV, they're trying to I don't want to say make you sympathize with her, but I think they're trying to give her another dimension to her character that she really doesn't need. 
that oh if if they try to do the thing where we're supposed to sympathize for alpha then i mean i'm not gonna say i'm gonna nerd rage and out i'm out or whatever but i guess i can say i'm not gonna be happy with it no (laughs) no Uh, you know i'm not gonna go to twitter and bitch but you know i'm uh, i'm not gonna be super stoked Oh, no, no, I wouldn't be – like, I, I would just be like, there's no way you can make these characters endearing. You don't need to make these characters endearing. When you try giving multi-layers to characters that, quite frankly, don't need it. Like, Alpha, you get from the get-go, and you understand that she's really trying to establish that she is the Alpha, and everybody kind of understands this. But, like you say, she kind of goes off in tangents, and it's like, you know, just get down to basics. Like, we don't need this much to sell you on the character. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, I totally get it. I really get it there. You know, Negan, I, I can understand them really trying to layer him out because, um, I, honestly, I'm one of the guys I've been pulling for Negan to be a good guy from, you know, pretty much the very beginning, you mm-hmm. know, after the, like, the second season, or the next, the season after he was introduced. I was like, come on, man, just, just turn to the, the, the you know, the, the good, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, you're cool. Um, but, you know, I just... Uh, I'm waiting for that moment still, and I understand where he's doing, you know, why he's doing what he's doing here. He's playing both ends, and he knows he's surviving. Mm-hmm. He's being Negan. It's cool. But it's just, I feel like, shoot, last season, I feel like we should have got the very defining moment where he's cool. You know, we got the moment where, you know, there was hope, his interaction with Judith and all of that. Mm-hmm. But now, I'm... I'm mm. Come on, man. Yeah, it's it's frustrating to watch and just to see where they've been with the show because, like in the show, like when they really follow what the comics set up, it's very good. When they kind of go off on these tangents where they're really trying to take characters into a vastly different direction, it just doesn't work. And I think like with Negan, that's where it kind of struggles because Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been killing it as Negan, but then it's like they almost kind of water him down so much that it's like, okay, let's get yeah. on with it. Yeah, man, let's just drag it on. Like we know what's coming. We know he's going to be redeemed. We mm. know it's we we it's. But come on, man, just let's do it already. And I, I hate the fact that within two episodes, there's been so many opportunities for Alpha to be dead, and they just keep passing it up. Yeah. I mean, do, do, let's let's face it. You know, Negan and Alpha. You you saw that that creepy pan shot. The size difference there. Yep. You get two people with. No weapons, and unless somebody's hiding something up in orifice, there's no <laughs> weapons there. Negan yeah, is twice her size, naked in the woods in a field. Um, you, you, I mean, come on, you, he's gonna win that fight 99 out of 100 times. Kill the bitch. Yeah, and I already, I already said with uh, Daryl, and you know, I can never remember the daughter's name only because I hated her from moment one. Yeah, so Lydia. I don't care to Lydia. Yeah, I never cared to know her name. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, had the opportunity to kill her there too. It's just, come on. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Well, like I said, they're they're just, they're adding so much story that doesn't need to be there because I mean, anybody that's read the comics knows how this ends with Negan and alpha and it's just, they keep teasing it. And it's just gotten to the point where it's like, instead of being anticipating it, you're like, all right, is it going to happen already? And you're already tuning out. Yeah, and I mean that's the that's the problem because like when they try giving so much time like with the whole gamma situation, where she arrives to the group and now she's been revealed to be the spy, and then they kind of go oh, the, yeah, yeah. they do the back and forth Gabriel and Rosita like the entire like beginning of the episode. It's just like all right, oh. 
yeah, it's like we don't need this much time spent on deciding do we trust her or not. We've already been down this road before with characters. Like, why water it down to this point? I, that's that's the point I guess yeah. I struggle with about this because like this episode was very strong when it centered around uh, three characters, the Daryl and Alpha fight, which you touched upon greatly too. The shot where the blood's in the eye and you kind of see that perspective, which I thought was very cool. Like I, I was very surprised that they did that, and then to see what Beta did, which was a straight horror movie come to life, which was awesome. Dude, yeah. Oh, come on now. That was that was incredible. But yeah. once again, I got a gripe. I got a gripe. He could have been dead right there. Yeah. I mean, they walked right by his ass again with the big old, uh, you know, Colt 45 Magnum. And uh, come on, you know you shot him in the chest. You know you shot him in the chest. So, why? I mean, or, but at the same time, I guess it makes for I mean, suspenseful TV. Even though we all knew that he was going to grab her leg as she was running out. But whatever, whatever, I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be revealed that Beta is Sabretooth because he must have this crazy healing factor that I've never known he's had in this comic. Because the amount of times they've tried... He's fallen down an elevator shaft. Yeah! He's, um, yeah, no, he's definitely Sabretooth, man. He's, uh, yeah, uh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, like whatever, like, whatever. Bulletproof vests stop everything, including a forty-five mag shop. Damn near point blank. Yes, did it go through a door? Sure, but the door was also hollow. So I mean, that that bullet is it's it's lodged in him. It went through that bicycle padding or whatever that shit is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's crazy just how much they like for that. When they started doing that, I was like, oh my god, like really, like stop this. No, you need to to have a. a a weird sense of realism in this comic because if you keep on having these near-death experiences, this is why the fans are tuning out. I think it's just you're you're watering it down so much with you know the TV cliches for your show, and this is why I think people are a lot of them are tuning out right now. Well, yeah, and just like how you know you you had the bit you know the uh, walk to me or whatever, yeah, and the spear to his throat, the spear to his throat by the seventeen-year-old nobody. And you're thinking, okay, now anybody with three, you know, a quarter of a brain knows, you know, you just go a little bit harder with that pointy end. Mm. And that dude's not a problem anymore. Um, but no, instead you say, hey, leave me alone in this room with somebody three times my size that just slaughtered about 10% of our camp. Yeah. And is now, in, you know, just created this uh, infected army. Um, no, I got this. Um, by the way, uh, you don't remember my name because uh, I'm nobody at all so uh i mean come on there's just things you just stab him with the pointy end it's, he just keeps surviving everything so i don't know what the end game with this character is maybe he's gonna be the one that they try to turn out and be good or something because i feel like they got to try to turn somebody out i don't know so yeah something's got to happen where i don't i don't know because knowing how they're really trying to sell you on the whisper war coming and I mean, honestly, at this point, you try using the comics as a reference, and it's like it's out the window. I don't even see how you can use it at, at this stage. Oh no, no, no! That's that, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. So it's like how this is going to end is anybody's guess because, like I say, the strongest points of this episode was was Beta going straight up Michael Myers through Alexandria, which was awesome. Like that was okay. You've reestablished Beta as a true threat, and then yep. everything else involving Gamma was was kind of. 
just telegraphed to me just a little bit. And especially, like I say, he keeps getting shot and he keeps surviving. And then I, out- I will say, I, I will say, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, no. I, I will say that I do kind of enjoy the little bit of character development with the left turn we get with Gabriel. I've been waiting for him to become a G for a minute, man. It's about time. He's like, you know what? Pull teeth, cut off fingers, whatever. They're weak. We break them. That's what we do. And you, you want to know something? Yeah, you don't get, you know, it's weird coming from the guy with the white collar around his neck. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, he's absolutely right. These guys have all been broke. Anyone that's come to them, they, they, they break them. So, I mean, why is that, why is that such a crazy God awful thought? Like all of a sudden they're, you know, saints. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't like how, who was it? Rosita was like, Oh, that's, I don't like the, 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 you know, that what's no, come on. I thought you were a G too. Like this guy just, he nutted up, and he's he's absolutely right about this. So I do like where they did that with Gabriel, but they also took a little too long to get to that point too. Like it was just too much. But um, it, that that was really the only part of the whole uh, gamma thing that I enjoyed was the the development with uh, with Gabriel. Yeah, I mean they well, they got to do something with him because now I, I think since they just have such a power vacuum without Andrew Lincoln on the show and Michonne is gone too. Like they need certain characters to step up, and and I think they're hoping they strike lightning in a bottle twice with Daryl because originally he was a, a throwaway character, and now he's the star of the show. Not saying Gabriel could take over that role, but it's it's good to see that they're showing mm. some kind of growth with certain characters. Otherwise, you you know you're going to be very stagnant, and just for whatever direction they're going in, especially if they're trying to establish that they're going to have the Whisperer War by the end of this year. I mean, they gotta start doing something because I believe the season finale is going to be in April. So we're talking five, five, yeah. six more episodes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, they gotta bring something. They gotta bring something. I'm, I'm, I'm. The whole Walking Dead everything is has me so intrigued, and I can't. It, it's out of all the things you know that I choose to still watch uh, when I'm on such a strict schedule. This is still something that you know, despite my roller coaster of emotions on, and I'm I'm, I'm still attracted to every week. I got got to know what's going on. Um, so I I applaud it for that. No matter how much I may or may not dis or agree with it. So yeah, I don't know. It's we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm intrigued. Six episodes in the season, and uh, this last episode though it showed to be on the upslope compared to the, the episode beforehand. So fully agree with you on that. No, I mean the, the mid season return was, was a dud was so just ugh, like for watching the show as long as I have. And I mean, I'm with you. I've been there since day one and, and it's one of those shows like I want to quit watching, but I can't. And yeah. now, and now I'm just like, I'm kind of hoping like, can we get back to not saying where it was great, but at least to a point where, okay, things make sense. And it's not so, cliched to the point where you're like you're laughing and cringing of like how bad it's gotten and then they do they do have moments of brilliance where like i said the whole daryl versus alpha fight this entire episode was great the point of lydia coming back i honestly forgot about the character so to see Mm -hmm. her come back i was like okay well let's see where she goes and now that she's laid her loyalties with team daryl you know that's going to be what sets off Alpha to unleash everything she's got. So at least there's some growth in that direction. But like the only thing when they get around with the shows like this is like you know after what happened with her and Negan, there was no mention of Negan really on this episode. And it's like they keep taking people in and out that you start losing that connection to the characters. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing that did bother me. It was, it was, the, it was the lack of Negan. 
Yeah. Something like that. And I know they teased him for next episode, so I mean, at least we'll have something with that. But mm-hmm. overall, I mean, like like you touched upon, and I fully agree with you. I mean, th- this episode was definitely a step in the right direction. The fight scenes were great. The beta scenes were great. Everything else was, eh, but at least they showed promise of the right direction. Like this, honestly, should have been. I, I think maybe more so the mid season premiere than the one we got. Yeah, on it, and you know, the, it's not like The Walking Dead. It would be the first time they kind of, you know, jump time frames a little bit. So why not start with this and then find some weird artistically dramatic way to peel it back for the, you know, the first episode to be the second episode of how they got to where they were. You know, maybe just subtract a couple scenes, reshoot a couple of scenes. I, I really think it could have been played out so much better with just maybe a little a little better direction so i don't know it's it, uh, who knows what do i know nah. i'm not a film guy hey no you're not a film guy but you're a fan just like the rest of us but let's throw it to the odph society shall we what is your thoughts on the walking dead this week did you watch it did you not and why we definitely need to have that conversation on social media remember use the hashtag odph we're gonna get a quick break we'll be right back imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. These days, comic book stories are more mainstream than ever. Unfortunately, not everybody has the means to be able to consume all of this greatness. Well, if you were to join me, Brian Wayne, on the Cheers to Comics podcast, I will help guide you through the rabbit hole that is comic books. Whether you're a brand new reader that just walked out of the latest blockbuster summer Marvel movie event and just have to know the source material, or you're an old dog and just want to get a different perspective from another reader, this is the podcast for you. And when I say comic book podcast, this is a comic book podcast. No filler material. I save all of the the movie talk and all of the stuff outside of the illustrated written world of comic books for all of the other podcasts out there. This is for comic book junkies and aspiring comic book junkies only. So, Tune in with me, Brian Wayne, three times a week. We'll be going over dozens and dozens of books in an overviewed fashion, not necessarily a review manner. But beyond that, I hype you up every week on the books coming out on the the next week coming, as well as a bonus episode. And that could be anything from me dedicating an entire episode to uh, a single story arc, or potentially even a kick-ass interview with a bad-ass comic book creator. So if any or all of that tickles your little fancies, join me, Brian Wayne, and the rest of Slurred Nation on the Cheers to Comic Podcast as I kick back drinks and drop all types of comic book knowledge. Cheers. 
back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast with Brian Wayne from Cheers to Comics. So yep. thankful he's jumping back on here. Super appreciate you coming on the show this week. Oh, for sure. So let us talk about some reaction from C2E2, the Chicago Comic-Con that happened this past weekend. A lot of comic news breaking, uh, you know, not as much as you would say San Diego or New York, but definitely some stories that definitely want to run by you especially. So let's kick it off talking the announcement of Ten of Swords. Now, what's your take uh, on this? Uh, so, um, well, I don't know what to think about this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the X-Men, yes, the X-Men are here. They're very much here in the Marvel Universe. They've established that they sell books. I'm not a huge fan of the fact that they're coming out with a big event right off the bat, depending on the size and the vastness of this event really is going to dictate my full range of emotions towards it all. But the general concept of a bunch of mutants that don't usually have swords with swords yeah that sounds cool <laughs> i mean um i'm not sure what type of crossover we're looking at here i don't know if they're gonna go to camaria and fight some well i guess conan's not in camaria anymore now he's he's out and about in our world but i mean some classic sorted characters i, I don't know i mean could you imagine uh, if conan crashed kakoa <laughs> like how absolutely batshit crazy would that get uh, I, I, man, I, I wouldn't even know. As I, I mean, obviously, uh, there'd have to be a few mutants on vacation for him to stand a chance. But overall, I mean, if you take maybe you know Xavier out of the the situation, uh, I bet you he can last a few minutes before people are like, God damn it, you know, just call Xavier. Let's get this bastard out of here. Cyclops, <laughs> just laser do this dude something. Yeah, you know, because I don't think they're gonna go straight to. I mean, he's obviously mortal, a human. He's just the uh, the 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 best of you know human genetics can provide, really. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's absolutely crazy, like for him to be in the Marvel universe, and like like I was telling you on your show, the fact that he's in Savage Avengers and how that needs to be a movie done by Michael Bay because I just need random explosions and just pure badassery. I mean, just the fact he's running around the Marvel universe now is is just blowing my mind I, I love it i love i love what no road home did to introduce him um I, you know honestly i admittedly uh, i was never a fan of conan the barbarian mm -hmm. at all I, I found the the character to be to be rather laughable but when his first introduction to the marvel reintroduction to the marvel universe was going to be helmed by uh my favorite writer in comics jason aaron i thought well I bet this could be, you know, good. And as it turned out, I was I was hooked. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so Conan is super badass. And from then on out, I read everything he's in. You know, Savage, uh, uh, sort of Conan. You know, that you could just pick up any arc on that. And you know, it's every every five issues, they they change up a creative team and give them a whole new arc, which is awesome. Like that's a cool way to do a comic. You know, if you love a character but maybe not digging that particular story. Wait four issues, and then you'll have a whole new bunch of people doing a whole new arc. Because it's just, it's not like Conan needs this whole drawn-out Hickman universe. It's just Conan being Conan. He's, he's, he's a barbarian that likes shiny shit. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's badass, man. And I love how he's in the Marvel universe now. And as Jerry Duggan writing him as pretty much the, uh, the, the forefront of the Savage Avengers is... 
It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to kind of maybe drop a little bit of a uh, plug. Um, I was I was contacted by Jerry Duggan, and I was told to contact him here by the end of the month, and maybe we're going to talk a little Savage Adventures on the Cheers to Comics podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, oh, hell yes, indeed. So um, the pressure's on, Jerry, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jerry, come talk to Brian. I, I definitely need to hear that episode. Oh, dude, I've got some brains to pick, man. But Savage Avengers is amazing, and it's, it, um, you know, uh, what, what was it? The, uh, the the first initial issue had me hooked, and him and Wolverine battling it out in the woods, then sharing a, a keg over, uh, you know, in some yeah. shitty pub out in the middle of nowhere. Come on, man! Like this is comics. That's what comics are supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be action. You're. It's supposed to make you go, well. How? Why? What? This is so cool. Like, I want more of this. And that's exactly what this whole series has done from the beginning. And I'm, I'm so happy that I've stayed caught up with with Savage. It, it, it's amazing. And then this whole new arc getting ready to start. And you know, Doom getting involved. Doctor Doom got involved. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is this is this is beautiful. It's a beautiful time to be in comics right now, man. And a Conan fan. Yeah, it's it's just so crazy to see him there, and like you touched upon, it's like you you fully expect Wolverine of all people, like okay, I'm gonna fight you to the death. All right, we're not getting anywhere. Let's just go get a beer. Like that is Wolverine right. to the letter. And what does that say for the character of Conan? To fact, you know, the fact that he doesn't have healing abilities. He's not regenerative. He doesn't have superhuman strength. Like I said, he is just the peak of human genetics. So he's able to. I mean, he's just the greatest warrior Chimera has ever seen. Yeah. And, um, I mean, for him to be able to stand and go toe-to-toe with, you know, Wolverine like that, whew. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that, that really goes to show how bad Conan really is. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's definitely established himself. And, like I said, I would love to see him crash Krakoa. I'd love to see him fight Apocalypse just for a sheer sword yes. fighting stance. Because like, yes. can we get Conan in the? Uh, I'm not sure how caught up you are with X Men, but did you catch that last one? Yo, with, um, with Apocalypse. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. That was that can was we... like almost like borderline uncomfortable watching. But I mean, reading it was like, wait, what? Like, just to see how crazy Hickman's vision of this world is. And just seeing, like, do you have to prove you're worthy to come back? And and of course, yeah, we're just gonna lock you in a sword fight with Apocalypse. No big deal. Yeah, it, yeah, come it, on. It, I mean, if there's any, uh, oh, dude, Conan and that—I uh, keep wanting to call it the Gauntlet. Shoot, no, it's a—it's cru—it's it, a Crucible. And the the Crucible, man, that Crucible, the 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 the, the whole—the idea of all of that is just so gnarly. So yes, I could see after seeing that, and then the idea of X of Swords and all of that. Uh man, I. Normally, I kind of I'm a little burnt out on big events, especially when you're just establishing something like the this new X Men universe. But I'm all about this one. Yeah, this I one. All about it. This one looks kind of crazy. I mean, 15 parts to kick off, though. I mean, that's the only thing I was kind of real leery about. Is, oh, is that what they said? See, I actually haven't looked at any details. The only details I got is there's going to be some kind of prelude happening in Free Comic Book Day. Like, I think that's going to be the book oh. that Marvel puts out. Okay. And then there's there according to what I've been hearing is it's going to be 15 parts and it's linking everything going on with the X titles and they're trying to say that it ties that it's not X of Swords it's 10 of Swords and mm. it's going to have something to do with that and it's supposed to be like a ro- revolving around bl- like 10 magical blades which I mean I'm just trying to think of like what characters are sword wielding in the X universe. I know Magic's got Soul Sword. 
And then it's kind of like, well, how deep you want to go? I mean, I know Nightcrawler is, but he doesn't have like a blade. Right. Um, I mean, there's Psylocke. Yeah. That's that's still not really a thing as far as like a real blade sword. So I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a uh, this is interesting. Yeah, because I mean, especially with everybody they got on Krakoa, and like I said, the promotional art I'm looking at right now. It's kind of a little crazy with seeing everybody have sword. Like, I know Wolverine has the one um, from, um, what you call it, the Mersima Blade. Mm. So I know that that's there. But then it looks like Cyclops is holding a lightsaber, no no joke. And then it looks like um, Rachel Gray's holding something that it looks like straight out of Final Fantasy. The sword looks like uh-huh. twice her size. And like everybody else is wielding something, so I mean, I don't exactly know what they're what they're gonna tie in with this. If it's like supposed to be something maybe King Arthur and Knights of the Realm or something like that, it's supposed to be. But it looks interesting, but just weird that everybody has swords. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I, I really don't. Um, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. But at the same time, I mean. This this whole X Men universe hasn't really let me down since the beginning of it. You know, very very little let down. So I'm, I'm I continue to have faith. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with what they've crafted. I mean, Hickman and company, and especially when you have books like X Force with Percy and the in the insane job he's doing on that, and then you got Marauders with Duggan, and I mean, everybody just is cranking out those books right now. The second wave kind of worries me a little bit, though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, Hellions is not doing anything for me. That just the the lineup looks kind of all over the place. And I saw the lineup for X Factor and I was like, okay, interesting. But yeah, I forget who's on Hellions. I think that was the only thing that uh that interested me was the actual creative team. Let me see here. Yeah, the, the I I I'm blanking on who's on creative too. That was the only thing, but when I'm just kind of seeing cuz I know it's Havoc is lead in that team. And then it was like Orphan Maker, Nanny, Feral, uh, I think Psylocke's on that team. Or no, um, uh, not Betsy Braddock, but yeah, Psy- or whoever the new Psylocke is. Um, yeah, um, Captain Britain. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that's still taking a while, but that's but that's like a really cool take they're doing with with Betsy Braddock. But just like the the team lineup I saw for Hellions, I'm just like, uh, okay, give it a shot. I think. But it, it just kind of yeah. – and oh, oh, Sinister's on that team too. So that one is just kind of like, all right, I have no idea how this is going to play out. Yeah, I think really it's just Havoc's the only thing that draws me to that. You know, and Zeb Wells is the writer on it. So, you know, that, that could be – you know, who knows? It could be good. It could be, you know, just uh, whatever. But so far, like I said, I haven't really been let down by much. So who knows, man? Who knows? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give all of it a shot. But whether or not I continue, that's a whole different It's a whole different thing. Yeah, I mean, especially for 15 issues. I mean, this is like tying back to the late 90s, early 2000s X runs where like you had to get like every book for the story. So I'm, I'm really just interested to see how they're going to pull this one off. And something big has to happen. Like, uh, I, like yes. I, don't, I don't know if like Mystique destroys Xavier's helmet at the end, which is the only thing I can see happening at this stage. Well, uh, I don't know, man. I, I really don't. But there's got to be some sort of big payoff of some sort. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what. Maybe maybe Apocalypse finally turns on everybody. Uh, or he has that challenge with Conan, which uh, which now I'm, I'm throwing that out in the universe that this needs to happen. Yes, man. If we will it, it will be written. Yeah. 
Uh, Hickman's, you know, listening to every single uh, podcast out there. You know how much he cares about his fans' opinions. So yeah, so <laughs> yeah, like I say, maybe maybe it'll be something for a good side story. So you know, never know. Yeah, no, I'm into it though. Uh, where's, where's, if anything, somebody write some Conan fanfic and just cross over the X Men universe and make that happen. Absolutely. Oh my god, that'd be so good. And yeah, and for everything else kind of popping out from C two E two Marvel wise, uh, I know they were talking about the new Ultraman book. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, um, cool, but yeah, I mean twelve issues of something that this generation really, oh, I, I fear for its uh, for its longevity. Let me put it that way. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the the fact is is the 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 target audience they're not so big on the marvel collecting anymore sadly enough so you know i don't know man i don't know yeah this one could could definitely be a hit or miss uh i mean i i think it's a cool idea to try giving a shot and see what see what's coming back with it um you know i i just i don't know the initial you know jump off like what to really expect from this that that's well Oh, go. It's not gonna. It's not gonna start until the end of the the end of the year, or towards the end of the year, supposedly. So they got a long time for them to make decisions. And doesn't. I mean, if it's that far away and they're announcing it now, apparently there's some, it's something they're really excited about and have faith in. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might not have a clear storyline. They're just like, oh, cool, yeah, now we're able to do this right now. So this is gonna get people excited. Yeah. Um, but we've got a lot of work to do, and I mean, there could that could only be the case if. You know, we're at the beginning of the year, the first quarter, and they're saying towards the very end of the year before the first issue comes out. Mm. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, that one is just kind of a cool nostalgia book, if anything, but, I mean, I just don't know how it's going to take off. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, it was just kind of like, okay, well, I didn't realize Marvel had this property, and well, let's see where they go with it because it could be a sleeper hit. You, just, you never know what, like, th- you know, nostalgia book could take off and run with, but... It should be quite interesting. And then they were kind of hyping up. Did I did not realize this. Immortal Hulk, if you count all the issues of Hulk, is going to be approaching 750. Yeah. I Mind-blowing about that. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, who knows how accurate that 750 number really is because when the legacy numbering came out, there are a lot of really questionable, like, well, was that really part of the whatever? Mm-hmm. But... You know, and Marvel does whatever they can. You know, it just so happened it was, you know, close to issue 700 when they started doing the legacy numbering for Hulk. Yeah. So it was a lot of milestone issues coming up. So I think they kind of did some finagling there. But with that being said, even if it is, you know, off by however many issues, 750, that's big. That's big. Oh, and huge. I hope that they do kind of do something, uh, do something proper to, to you know, give give Hulk a good... Uh, you know, good proper, you know, congratulations. Well, I think if I was reading correctly from a couple of different sources I was, I was recapping on, is they were talking that this is when the leader is going to make his appearance in Immortal Hulk. Oh, good, finally, because you know he was he's been cool and fantastic for and all, you know, and as a part of Absolute Carnage, I like the party played there. Or not the leader, that was the maker. What am I thinking? Yeah. Oh no, it's been a while since we've seen the leader, man. Right. It has been a while in comics. Yeah, Shoot, since well, totally awesome Hulk, really. Yeah, since he and uh, Amadeus Cho. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it, it's it's been forever. Like I, I was sitting there when I heard about it. I was like, okay, when was the last time he was in? Because like I can't remember. 
So obviously with the, with what they're doing with the book there, I mean that could be something. Just depend yeah. on what they want, what direction they want to go in. Because I just hope they make him a badass and really push this new version of Hulk to the limit. That's that's what I'm really trying to see with this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's uh, admittedly I'm I'm kind of you know off and on confused about what's going on, but the, you know I'm still drawn into it. You know, I I get a good gist of the overall storyline. Sometimes it takes me a couple of issues to digest what I read a couple of issues back, but you know it's. I guess that's just part of um, Al Ewing's unique way of storytelling. You know, he's he's got his own way of doing things, just like Hickman does, and so many other very different types of uh, writers out there now. Yeah. Um. You know, and Mortal Hulk. You know, I I, I get the hype behind it. I do, but you know, admittedly, uh, I. I'm just lost a lot of times. And it might just be because sometimes that's issue 11 of the 17 issues of comics that I, you know, ingested that day. So, you know, things may get lost in translation because I'm just, you know, I, I, who knows? Who knows what the the blame is? But um, uh, right now where they're going with it, I think it's stronger than it's been. Uh, it, it just, well, it just gets better. Mm-hmm. I say that. It's more comprehensible for me. Maybe it's just because it, took 30 issues yeah but whatever <laughs> um yeah but overall i mean yeah I'm, I'm anxious to see how they how they give uh a 750 hulk a, a proper a proper how do you do yeah well you got to figure they got to do something big for it and like i said if the leader is coming back for this one i'm perfectly fine with that and like i said they they did tease that he is coming back soon so i'm not sure if it's exactly it's going to be a mortal hulk 33 but it, it's going to be around there if not but I, I got to imagine it's got to be. And then yeah. and then kind of looking at what else they got going on, what is your take on the virus character coming to Venom? Oh, you know, I, I've stopped having takes on Venom. I'm just going with the flow on that one. Yeah. I'm just enjoying the ride. You know, every time I uh, – you know, it's – I feel like right now Venom is uh, Marvel's Star Wars. It's just everybody either hates what Cates is doing or loves what Cates is doing. And me, I'm I'm just enjoying what it is. I think it's cool how he's really expanding the the Venom verse, if you will, mm-hmm. um, creating all these different uh, symbiotes with Sleeper and all of this stuff. You know, virus, yeah, you know, whatever. It's just another thing. It's it's the next Sleeper. I'm cool with it. You know, I'm. Who knows what it's going to come from? I know that it's it's sparking a bunch of interest in a lot of uh, back issues being sold as far as the. The um, I, f- I forget who they're uh, speculating, you know, relates back to virus or whatever it is. But there's, I don't know, some nerd out there figured out something, some sort of tie to something. So Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to be like uh, John Jameson or something. Just something real left field Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like just, just of the, like, yeah, sure, we had Man-Wolf, sure, that was cool and all. But, yeah, let's let's really go somewhere with this. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, I'm into it. You know, I, I, I trust Kate's. I trust what he's doing. Sometimes I'm a little, uh, yeah, in the beginning, and I wouldn't say yeah. I would just say like, whoa, what are you doing here? Because it's so he's so different. Yeah. But it usually doesn't take more than an issue or two for me to be completely sold and go, oh, okay. I, I mean, I can't say I see what you're going, but I see what you're not doing, which I appreciate. Right. So, um, and, you know, I, I, it's cool that he's he's stuck with Venom as long as he has. I know he's got a lot of 
criticism for a long time. People going, oh, can he do anything over 10 issues? Because, you know, he's his first big hit was God Country, which is really just a five-issue boom. It's all done, image book. Um, and, you know, a lot he just does, he's really good at miniseries. He did a short issue of, or a short run of Thanos, and he did the Cosmic Ghost Rider thing. And these are all just bam. But now he's proven through, um, shoot, uh, going on 26 issues now of Venom that yes, he can do an ongoing story. So it excites me that he's on, uh, um, uh, Thor. Shoot, what's he Thor now? Yes. Thor. I hope, I hope he takes Thor a lot farther than he took guardians, which Al Ewing's on now, which is very interesting, but that's, that's a different subject, but yeah. Um, yeah. So as, as far as what Venom's doing right now, like I said, I really don't have a, a firm opinion of what how I feel about anything. I just know that I'm enjoying it all. So yeah, that's where I'm at on that. I'm in the same boat with you about that. Like I just, I'm kind of just going with it because it's been such a fresh take on the character that I'm just kind of saying, okay, keep running with it until it, it starts getting stale. And obviously, the virus thing was kind of like, all right, I don't know what I really think of that because like I just had visions of anti venom coming, and I'm just like, ah. Uh. Like it's just you know the the bad comic name villains and you know how how he kind of looked at first, but like I say, I'm kind of trusting Cates with this. He's kind of earned that uh, you know benefit of the doubt. So I'm really interested to see where they kind of go with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm anxious for Venom Island to get over. Not that I have anything against Venom Island. I just feel like I'm not really getting a whole lot out of that, other than it's just a hey, what if uh, Eddie Brock was Rambo? Yeah. And, you know, here's five issues of that. But every once in a while, here's a couple pages of Dylan and Norman being creepy. Yeah. And that's the type of stuff like, OK, I'm, I'm I definitely, you know, I'm getting something out of that. So yeah. to be perfectly honest, I kind of have this uh, take that Cates was given the opportunity to get Bagley for five issues and uh, he didn't want Bagley to tell the story that he wants Stegman to tell. So he's just kind of given us this crazy hey i'm gonna play into this you know there was spider island so if i do venom island this can make sense and then you know it's just good timing you know it works right now you know because he is a you know a, a really good writer he's making it work but i feel overall this really doesn't the whole being on the island thing doesn't have a huge, huge part to play in the actual overall story of everything. It's the stuff going on off the island that he's telling within this this arc, and that's just that's just what I believe so far. The arc's not over yet, so who am I to say? Yeah, but, no, no um, I, 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 no, I hear you on that. It's just gonna we're just gonna have to wait and see and, and write it out. So I'm definitely thinking, you know. We just got to see what, where he kind of runs with it. And just he's setting up for like an iconic run with this because in this day and age, Marvel doesn't let anybody stay in this playing with those you know characters that long, right? So, right. Uh, but you know, on the other hand, sometimes you do because Nick Spencer has somehow managed to stay on Spider Man for 41 issues now. Yeah, that's and that's a uh, that, that, that's a conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely is. Uh, but I mean, Al Ewing has been on Hulk though, so I mean that's because that book sells well. And you know, honestly, Spider-Man's always going to sell. It is. It's just like the Batman. It's always going to sell. It doesn't matter who's on it. You know, uh, it, you know, it's either going to whether it's loved or hated, it's going to be bought because people want to talk about those characters. So that's just what it is. And that, that, that's why Nick Spencer says that. And it's also a bi-weekly book. So mm. you really take it into a part. It's really only been about 19 months. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be kind of fun. And, and let's close out some C2E2 talk with some DC talk. Scott Snyder was there talking a little DC Dark Knight's death metal. What do Ooh. you think of this, my friend? All right. So when it came out that this is the Antichrist, uh, my... Uh... Oh, um, keep it, keep it under, uh, keep it PG thirteen. I had to change my my britches. Okay. Um, so uh, I like the idea of anti anything just because that's the uh, that's the little rebel that I am. But I was I was a big fan of metal. I know the story in itself. There was a lot of unnecessary whatever. I think it was just an excuse for Capullo to show off some amazing concept art. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overall, you know, whatever. You know, what it introduced and you know how it set up a 40 issue run 39 issue run of a justice league book for Snyder. I do appreciate all that. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just a, Hey, let's do this arc and introduce this, this character. It, it meant something in the end. It set up the year of the villain essentially. Mm-hmm. Cause without that, you know, introducing, you know, metal, there's no year of the villain because essentially year of the villain is just, um, apex Lex first, Batman who laughs. That's what they were setting up for the last year. So, um, I mean, there's a, there's, uh, but so for them coming back and doing a sequel to metal, I'm so about this man. And then anti-crisis, obviously with them saying that this is going to take part in all of the universes coming together again, but in an anti way air quotes, I don't know what that means. But I love it. Yeah. And so, yeah, br- uh, sign me up. Admittedly, you know, I'm um, the whole crisis thing. It was I, I get the the overall premise. It's just a bunch of stuff happening from a whole bunch of universes. And honestly, I wouldn't know anything if I didn't listen to your podcast. Um, <laughs> oh. Well, I, pr- I appreciate the plug, man. I, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is uh, I, I don't watch any of the CW shows. And I've admittedly and shamefully admit that you know I haven't read Crisis because, um, well, yeah, for for reasons, but not bad reasons. I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to it. It's whatever. I've had other stuff to do, um, but I get the, a good gist of what it's all about thanks to listening to your whole recap of everything, which sounds pretty pretty true for the most part to the overall story yeah um, yeah i mean there there's just a couple characters that that weren't in there that that will throw you off of maybe a little bit but they they captured the essence of it because crisis was such an interesting concept to begin with that it was going to be like all right how are you going to pull it off and and the ending like i say you you'll find people that really love it and you'll find people that go like what was this even all about and it's, it's just when you have that many universes happening at once and you try merging everybody, like there's good and bad to each one. So, but oh, the, for sure, you're playing with a lot of different fryers, man. Yeah, pans. As you're, you're, yeah, it's that's a lot of stuff going on. So, I, I, I totally get how it could be kind of divisive, but for Snyder and Capullo to take it on and it be an anti thing. You know, I, maybe a lot of people are over this whole infected thing. You know, they, they get a, did a Shazam who laughs and a Blue Beetle who laughs and a Commissioner Gordon who laughs and a Supergirl who laughs. But um, I wasn't mad at any of that yeah. at all. That was metal as hell to me. And then, you know what? How perfect is it that I describe it for it to be metal? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, come on, man. This is screaming. Capullo, this is perfect. Give me all of them who laughs. I don't care. This is a... Uh, it's going to be a, I, I would imagine it's going to be a black, well, maybe it's not going to be a black label if it's going to play in continuity. 
I, I don't know. Y- you, Ooh, that's a question right there. I think they let him go black label. I truly I, do. I hope they do. I, I really do because then you could play with everything the way it should be. Yeah. You know, for them to do an anti-crisis and it mean stuff, uh, that that's that's a I mean that's a big bowl of soup. Yeah. That, that's changing everything. I mean, they just got rid of Dan Dio because you know of or whatever reason. I, mean, I would assume it had to be with you know radical. Um, you know, future plans or whatever it may be. Maybe the plans are too big. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I was, I was still trying to dig in and find out, you know, what's going on there. And, and I know it's just a lot of people are kind of running different kind of speculation on that. And, I mean, I don't know. The whole nonsense, though, just to jump in with this, is about Marvel buying DC. I am not buying one word of this. Oh, no, that's laughable. Yeah. That's laughable. Uh, the Supreme Court would never allow it. Exactly. That's just all there is to it. That's yeah. just what all there is to it. The Supreme Court would never allow it. Yeah, like like Pad was even saying too. He's like, it's a monopoly. There's no chance, none that this would happen. And I'm like, yeah, to buy the two biggest publishers to come together. No, no way it would happen. The courts wouldn't allow it. I can't. Yeah. See, I can't yeah. see them allowing that. No, not not unless somehow the courts were like, okay, we want six trillion of the thirty-four trillion dollars that the Justice League uh, Avengers movie is going to grow. Yeah, that's the only way that's happening, man. Yeah, it's, it's just there's no way. It, like it, it, it's it's a nice fanboy dream, but no, because I don't and I don't even want them own together. Like I, I I I don't want it either. Yeah, I I, I I really don't. It would take because the idea of will we ever get a DC Avengers crossover um, uh, illusion will go away forever. And that's something I like. I kind of like that dangling carrot out there, knowing that will it ever happen in my lifetime again? You know, to just know that oh, at any time we can get a Batman Iron Man movie. Like eh, as cool as that would. Be. like i'd rather just see like a one-shot fanfic comic you know every yeah. couple you know decade uh, you know the three that that's all i want and that's all i don't know man i i think that whole idea is silly i i do too i mean that was just something that i know was kind of you know a little buzzword going around too and i'm like no i was like with all the noise that was coming out of c2e2 we didn't hear anything about that and i was actually really happy we didn't because the only thing it kept to is just focus right on the books and Honestly, that's all it needs to be. I mean, I'm just I'm more excited from the news I heard coming out, especially with you know Death Metal coming out and what Snyder Capullo are doing, going back to that universe. And they had me a Chainsaw of Truth, so I was like, "All right, I'm in. Take my money now. When yep. <laughs> when can I get my hands on this?" But overall, I mean, C2E2 had so much going on that we even kind of deep dive into it. So I recommend if you haven't gone searching for some new sites on it go check out ghost of the stratosphere's coverage they were down there they did a phenomenal job with it and definitely hit us up on that hashtag hashtag odph what was your thoughts about all the news coming out c2e2 brian and i gave you a lot to discuss about so we definitely want to have that interaction with you on social media so hit us up let us know we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back hey everybody this is sedge and this is king kegel aka lightsaber ninja and we're two of the three hosts of gaming casual a gaming podcast where three idiots discuss games in the gaming industry casually. Sometimes we get along, sometimes we disagree, and sometimes we go on 45-minute rants about consoles that haven't released yet. Hey, 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 I'm innocent here. Bullshit. Check us out on Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes release every Thursday. 
And not for nothing, but every single person that listens to our podcast happens to be a genius and attractive. Hey, this is Josh. And this is Tyler, and we are the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. And right now, you're listening to our boys, Ken M., Padawan J., and Coach Duffy over at the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast with Brian Wayne from Cheers to Comics stepping in, doing the co-hosting duties with me. Yo. So... Let us talk about something that we we mentioned last week. We gave Brian the spoiler especially because he is Mm -hmm. an Iron Man fanatic and all for the right reasons. If you have picked up the issue Avengers 31, I believe, there was a big, big revelation, quote-unquote, as I'm throwing up air quotes about this, that we need to discuss. So if you have not picked up the issue, we're giving you fair warning. We're going to deep dive into spoilers we did last week, but now we are really going deep in the ocean about this one. So in three, two, one, Brian, Mephisto is Tony Stark's dad. How you feeling about that? Oh, man. All right. So first off, I'm going to say, um, coming from somebody that enjoys a good metal plot, uh, that's metal as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, being a Tony Stark fan and uh, pretty much Satan himself being his daddy, um, just on paper written out like that, that sounds cool as hell. But um, here's the deal is over the last 18 months, Marvel has done this very, very intricate job of allowing Brian Michael Bendis to rewrite everything we know about Tony Stark's parentage. Um, Howard and Maria aren't that baby's daddy. And now we got some CIA agents that you know really have questionable parenting skills at best. That were thought to be dead and they're back and then yeah um so that that was a whole thing that happened in um infamous iron man and uh yeah yeah there's ugh. so um with them just trying to etch a sketch to all of that i guess I, i'm good with it because to be perfectly honest i i, I didn't like the whole a Howard Stark's not the daddy thing and who they made the daddy. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was, that was really weak. Yeah. It was just like, I understand what Bendis was trying to do with it. And okay. You know, I'll always give a shot for creativity, but it just didn't really connect. It was like, all right, this is really, I don't want to say forced. Cause I think that's the wrong word, but for the impact, I think that it was looking for, it just, it didn't hit. And then, yeah, no, it fell, it fell flat. Like the idea was there, but in the end, it just, uh, it was, it was a dud. It was like, oh, okay, cool, man. It's not that baby's daddy. That's crazy. And who is it? And oh, some people we've never heard of. So, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, like, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was all that was. Yeah, it was just like, okay, I don't, I just, I don't get it. And the first thing, and the though, entire time we were we were actually being led on to actually think that maybe Doom was his dad the whole time. Yeah, we which... were actually kind of thinking that. And if that would have been, if if I honestly make that the thing, but that that would have been how cool of a plot twist is that? But that's that's what uh, that's that's where I had to go to when I had to dissect how I feel about Mephisto. And the entire time I was led to believe that, you know, this evil son of a bitch, Dr. Doom, may have been Tony Stark's dad in some way because magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, then, you know, so Mephisto, that's that's intriguing to me. And 
that 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 I, I I'm actually okay with it. I am okay with it. Like I said my my upsetness, or my my upsetness. That's not a thing. <laughs> but the, the the reason you know why I'm not super stoked on it all is like I said the rapid etch a sketch after less than two years, you know that was one of the last things that Bendis did before he left Marvel was give Tony Stark a hell of a run. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's not that Infamous Iron Man was bad, uh, because you know that was really introducing Doom as maybe some sort of anti-hero in a way. Mm. And uh, that that's kind of stuck throughout. You know, you don't really know what you're gonna get out of Doom. He's still very much about his people, but at the same time, he's not so against doing the right thing either in certain situations, just because it's the right thing to do. So, I mean, that 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 twelve issue run did leave that as a mark that's still sticking. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Tony Stark. I, I want him to just be the badass human. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't want him to have devil juice flowing through him. As metal as that sounds, you know, that's. Yeah, it just, uh, it just, it just was such a left field take on this, and I'm like, no, no, get out of here. Like, no, it's, it's just. I, I just had visions of the Scarlet Witch's kids involved, and just how like when demons are actually like the souls and and kids and. Like I say, if you're not familiar with it, just just go Google search Scarlet Witch Kids, and you should be able to find it on anything that is talking West Coast Avengers Marvel history. Uh, but it was just like that was the instant vibe that hit, and I was like, okay, that was such a weird storyline, and it still is, that I'm actually, when they do WandaVision, I'm really curious how they're going to explain that. Oh, sure. Yeah, that it was just like when I saw that, I was just like, okay, I stopped. Like, this is just too much of a, like, omit. Like, I like the, the initial reaction was like, omit part two and Scarlet Witch Kids. And I just like, no to both. Like, just no. Omit was a bad idea. It should not have happened in my opinion, but it did. Okay, it is what it is. We're trying to retcon it some way, somehow. Don't do this with Iron Man because that's just going to be messy as all blazes. See, and here's here's the only reason I'm I'm okay with this is because of the hands that they're that he's in. Yeah, it's Jason Aaron. Now this is, uh, I mean, we all know what he did with Thor. Jason Aaron needs a new project. He's been on uh, Avengers for 31 issues now. That's a, that's applaudable. That's another one of those things where Marvel's not going to be rebooting this anytime soon. This, mm. this series is going. That's cool. I I dig that. And Jason Aaron, well. <laughs> pun intended he's worthy yeah so um now for him uh, to uh, in my mind i'm thinking if if he's looking for a project character to give a new legacy to and you know just i'm i'm okay with it being tony stark and if this is how it starts and he's going to actually put a whole lot of effort. I'm not saying he needs to put in five years of effort like he did with Thor. Mm-hmm. But if he really wants to put some effort into Tony Stark, uh, I I have all the faith in the world in him. I don't think that he can ruin him. Let me put it that way. No, but no. If, if he does, if he teases me with this like he did with Ghost Rider, that little arc he did with Avengers, I thought Marvel was about to throw down on a Ghost Rider event because they gave... Uh, Jason Aaron, all of the ghostwriters for about three arcs. And mm. then they teased him for a long time too. And I thought, okay. 
I mean, Jason Aaron taking on all the ghost, the Ghost Rider universe. I mean, he goes from pretty much the heavens to hell. That's pretty suiting. But that just we got three, three, a three issue arc, and I was like, whoop, bloop. That was hey, remember, remember Ghost Rider? He back now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a three issue race. It was almost, it almost felt like a, a. I was watching Dragon Ball Z. It was just them powering up for two episodes, and then, uh, you know, just a little poop at the end. But whatever. I mean, that was. That, that that's probably the worst thing I've ever seen Jason Aaron do, and even then, it's still top tier Marvel content. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just such a, like like I said, the knee jerk reaction I had, and I mean that's why I threw you the spoiler when we were talking about this on the episode. I'm like, n- like anybody that's read Iron Man is gonna read this and be like, what the hell is this? No pun intended. And it's just gonna be <laughs> like, for real, like why why would you even tamper? Like I know when Bendis did it. I know he was trying to do something really radical with the character, but it's like, no, he's always been Howard Stark's kid. I mean, that's why you have, like, the gut wrench uh, reveal when it's revealed the Winter Soldier kills Howard Stark, allegedly. Now, is that all retconned? Right. Is that, you know, like, you kind of open Pandora's box, so to speak, with that? And okay. Yeah. Yeah, see, and I don't, I'm not sure that that's actually tied into the comic canon, too. I think that's just a, a liberty that the studios took on that whole um, theme. Um, I, but I could be wrong on that too. I, I don't remember exactly how Howard Stark has died in the comics. I thought um, it was car crash, so that's why I, that's why I think like they uh, might they they have added it, but I'm not like a thousand percent sure on that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No. That 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 knowledge is escaping me for some reason. I feel like I well I it's not I I should definitely know that, but huh? Drawing a blank. But nah, uh, no worries. I mean, uh. Yeah. Man. I. I, 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 could, I could totally understand why people would, you know, meal kick this right off the bat. I do. Whether you're a diehard Iron Man fan or not, that's a ball drop. Um, it really is. But like I said, if it were anybody else doing this, and I mean anybody else trying to write this story, I would be, I would, I, I'd be writing Marvel myself. I would. Uh, yeah. And I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that protests shit in comics, but... Um, that, that would hurt my feelings, but it's Jason Aaron and then Jason Aaron, I trust because I mean, but like I said, that is if he's going to actually really go all in on this and make this a real thing and not just something that is like, makes it a piece of, you know, back burner cannon for some, uh, I don't know anybody else to come in and play with eventually. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm that I don't want. Mm-hmm. I want this to be Jason Aaron's thing. That's the only thing that worries me is if Jason Aaron doesn't continue to run with it. That's why uh, issue 32 of Avengers this week has me on the edge of my seat. Uh, I, I want to know. Um, and honestly, I don't even want to read the description in any of the previews worlds because I just, uh, I, I just want to open it up and know because if it, describes anything else and i'm afraid i'm not gonna read it yeah i mean and and that's the thing too i mean this was very kept under wraps too which you don't happen to see anymore in comics really is the big reveal like is usually leaked out by somebody so Mm -hmm. for this story like i said when it when it hit it was like wait what and super tiptoed around too because in the whole war of the realms thing i mean the last avengers tie in the war of the realms was just a teaser of tony stark and the the you know the, the 
prehistoric ages, if you will. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the time era is exactly, but the caveman days, it was cold. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and then that, that was just kind of, then we got a Ghost Rider arc for a while, and then we got some other stuff. And uh, But yeah, now now we're right back to it. So I'm hoping that this is, this is the thing now. Uh, this is, I mean, whether or not he tells this story within Avengers is one thing, because we all know that... Iron Man himself, Tony Stark, is getting a huge arc or uh, event that Marvel's putting on, mm. which is actually done, being done very, very well. Um, yeah, with Arno and me. yeah, yeah. I was I was hyper skeptical about all that because you know honestly I'm not a massive fan of Dan Slott writing Iron Man. Turns out I'm a huge fan of Christos Gage co-writing Iron Man with Dan <laughs> Slott though. Yeah, since he's because Gage was added, I mean it, the book has definitely had a good feel to it and a good read. Yeah, the last arc of Tony Stark Iron Man was all co-written by Christos Gage, and I thought, oh, it's picking up steam. And then right after the the first issue of the Christos Gage is when they announced it's ending at issue 19, and then to- or, uh, Iron Man 2020. And you know the uh, the the rage nerd in me wanted to flip the table. Yeah. I thought, no, you're just you're just doing it. You're just figuring it out. And but then you know. Uh, this this the the event happened. And I read issue one, and I thought, "Holy hell, Iron Man is kind of a bad guy." That's the scariest villain the Marvel universe could ever imagine. And I mean, he's it's not like he's going full on, you know, Thanos, but he's almost going Ultron in the way the way he's trying to control these machines. Mm-hmm. And you know, I the the minute Arno Stark was introduced in these comics, I thought, who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, screw this guy. Screw Sunset Bane. I don't care about any of this. <laughs> but you want to know? Honestly, I I don't I don't know what it is, but since the the 2020 event started, all of a sudden, I'm cool with this character. And it's not necessarily what he stands for. We all know that he's a. I mean, he's he's a prick. That's the difference between him and Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, that, that, that costume is cheesy as it kind of seemed in the beginning and the reveal of the whole thing, dude, I get, I get giddy when I see it now. It, it, it's just, it, it, it's a, it's a cool costume as retro as it is. Yeah. Cause I mean, it looked uh, like a Mega Man villain way back when. Straight up, dude. It is like eight bit, like a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the first time I saw it, I was thinking Mega Man too. I'm like, I have played this character. Yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah, like, yeah. why is this? Because, I mean, I remember seeing the the costume way back when, when I believe it was out in, what, the late 80s, early 90s, if I'm not mistaken, the first time we saw yeah. Arno appear. And I was like, all right, this really looks like a really messed up version of Iron Man. And to see that they were bringing it back, I was like, uh, I don't know how this is going to fly. But it's been a surprise, I will say that. And even the tie-ins, man. Uh, Forceworks last week was incredible. That blows my mind. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That Force Works has been a vast improvement because I remember the first time it came out and I was like, all right. Like, it just, I, I didn't really much care for the book. And to see now it's come back and it, it, it was like, okay, pleasant surprise here. Once again, it's a creator selling a book for me, man. Matthew Rosenberg. I, I, he's another one of those guys. I have faith in everything he does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, uh, when when he was when he was talking about force work with me on on my podcast, actually, he at the time it was still kind of early, so he couldn't say a whole lot. Right. But you know, I War Machine was really one of my first favorite characters, 
And then um, U.S. Agent and Mockingbird and Quake, I really don't know much about at all. But as soon as I got into uh, the, the this first issue and I saw that the voices that Rosenberg is so good at giving individually to any character he writes, of all of these characters, and I was just... I was like, why are we only getting four issues of this? Why is this only a mini series? You know, make this a make this an ongoing. Or if anything, give me a buddy cop, uh, roadie U.S. agent. You know, five issue mini series outside of this because this is this is just fun comics, fun action, dramatic. I mean, it had a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree. I mean, just because how it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the spinoff of of West Coast Avengers way back when. And I mean, the U.S. agent. I'm not a super fan of, um, like how he's going to be on Falcon Winter Soldier when that show comes out. I'm really interested to see how they do it because I remember when he took over the role of Cap way back in when when um, you know Cap resigned from the role and just like how weird that storyline was, and to see like how he's kind of grown into like his own entity, um, to kind of put him mildly is like I, it's always interesting to see when they put him on a team, and I'm almost wondering too like with, with I know. Uh, with Rosenberg writing that, uh, how do you feel if he added one Frank Castle to that team? Oh, that's the cherry. That's the cherry, man. That's that's exactly what a team like that needs. And we all know that. I mean, Rosenberg is. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, oh, man. I had to throw that one at you. Yeah. Frank Castle. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's just too perfect. Make that happen now. Yeah. He's listening. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely share it to him, give him the idea. If you could put on Frank and take off U.S. Agent, I'm all for that, and I think that would be a kind of a really interesting di- uh, dynamic. Because the other, I mean, the other characters like we haven't seen in a while, but it's just it's really interesting when they take characters like this and kind of throw them forward and see where they stick. Because I mean, we've seen Mockingbird and Quake on primarily Agents of Shield lately. I know Mockingbird came back for a little bit for her run. But really, we haven't seen these characters as a team in in quite some time. And in the right hands, they can definitely be a great story to be told with them. Yeah, yeah. The last time Mockingbird was actually shown any love in Marvel was during uh, she had a, a twelve issue run that kind of spanned through the Civil War too, mm-hmm. and that was more of a uh, Marvel really, really being um, I don't know a super progressive. Mm-hmm. Like that, that 12 issues was just a mockingbirds, a female and hear her roar. Yeah. That's, that's what that was. So, I mean, I don't feel like it really did any justice to the character at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, having Rosenberg take her over and give us a few issues of, you know, reintroducing her and showing her some real justice in comics excites the hell out of me. It does. Um, Quake, I'm completely in the dust. I, I have no idea who Quake is. I, I, I really don't. I don't remember the last time I read Quake. It was, um, the, la- was- the last time that jumps to me is uh, Hickman's Secret Warriors. That that was, okay. the, that was the only time that it, it really did, and obviously with her history in the comics and how she's been portrayed on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, that's, that's the reason it kind of connects a little more there, so. But it, gotcha. but but it's it's never been really a character that stands out to me anyway. Like I know, like on Shield, how she's written on Agents of Shield is she's been the centerpiece of that team. Like she's even overtaken Phil Coulson at times, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just sometimes it's like, okay, I get you have powers, but what else? 
times, you know, like, like I say, it's just how she's been presented there. Cause that's been probably the strongest uh, depiction of the character more so than the comic. Cause after secret warriors, she kind of faded out. Like she joined shield. And then it was kind of like, I don't really remember too much after that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could say one thing is that Rosenberg's going to make sure that we remember who she is because that's, that's just how, that's just how he does, man. The, the, the guy's a G. He is. He's an absolute G. He, he could take somebody, you, a complete unknown, well, I mean, to, to you, and mm-hmm. you will remember them when it's all said and done. That's just, just how it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see when he gets done and then what happens with this because with Iron Man leading the way with the event going on with the 2020s, it's really going to be a sign of seeing, okay, how strong is this character going with this different direction and how it's going to resonate. And then when you flip the coin and you got Aaron writing, you know, Mephisto is his real dad. And then like, okay, what ties this all together? Cause that, yes, that's going to be, that's, that's going to be the thing at the end of the day is like, how does this all work? Right. You're, you're, you're what well, you're 100% right about that. And, you know, and Jason Aaron, I trust, but once again, that, uh, it makes me wonder how how true to this story arc he's going to stick to it, um, because I mean there's something totally different going on right now. You know, Tony doesn't even believe himself to be alive as a human. Yeah. Uh, if I were you know to kind of step into his shoes right now, if they were to come out to a, hey, the devil's your daddy the whole time, I'd be like who gives a shit? I'm I'm not I'm not alive anymore. I don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes me wonder. But at the same time, whatever's going on in comics, it all depends on who's writing them. You know, so it's there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that, you know, to be feared. But at the same time, there's a lot of reasons to have faith as well. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm 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 on edge. I'm on edge so far. I like what I'm getting out of Jason Aaron's Avengers run. And I like what I'm getting out of Iron Man 2020. So, I mean, odds are I should like the results, but we'll we'll see. We'll definitely have to see about that. And then let's throw this to the ODPH Society. What is your thoughts about the big comic reveal if this sticks? The Mephisto is actually Tony Stark's dad. And where do you think this should go with the character? Is this going to tie into anything bigger? Is this just going to be a quick story arc that's one and done? Definitely let's have that conversation. Join in on social media. Hit up OD, at OD Parlay Hour. Hit up at Cheers to Comics because we're going to tag them in our social media post for this episode this week. And we definitely want to have that interaction with you. So hit us up. Let us know. Let's get a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast with Brian Wayne from Cheers to Comics joining and saving the day to make sure this episode came out. I can't say thank you enough to him. So let's just jump right into those one shots, shall we? Now, from his sickbed, Padawan J did text in, and he wanted to mention that The Last of Us, the popular video game, is now going to be made into a show by HBO. So that is going to be coming out. Now, Brian, have you played this game at all? No, I haven't. I've uh, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not the gamer I wish I once was. 
I am not either. Um, I do know about this. Like, I mean, pretty much if it's not Injustice 2, I am very, very out of touch with the video game That's land. It's so funny you say that because that is the only thing I've touched in, well, about two years is Injustice 2. That's yeah. so crazy you say that. Yeah, no, like literally like that's it. Like that is all I've been – I've I played over the past couple of years. Like it's, it's just that whole game's top to finish is, you know, what I play. But Pat is our video game guy, though. So if there's anything video games, is like he is my go-to. Is it good or is it not? And he was marking out about this pretty well because I know the the game is actually very well. It's kind of like almost like a Walking Dead type and kind of like the you know last people on Earth. It's a very good game from everybody I've talked to. So the fact it's getting made by HBO into a TV show, uh, I think it's actually a really cool thing to see. I don't know if this is going to be on HBO Max or not, but dude, look. they. I- HBO puts out a TV show. I just they just have my interest now. Like that's just the the type of cred they have now. I don't even if I don't know what the source material is, I just I at this point I think I could just have faith that it's probably going to be pretty good because they they're all about quality now and I I appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm definitely excited to see that. Uh, don't have any release dates for it or anything for that. Just it has been announced that it is in production or pre-production. So. It's the fact they're doing one. I'm sold on that. I know when Pat gets back here next week, he is definitely going to have a lot to say about that on the show. So that being said, one more quick newsworthy note. The long anticipated DC universe show star girl has been given a a premiere date. So according to the information I have picked up from various sites, it will debut on the DC universe streaming service Monday, May 11th, and it'll be on the CW Tuesday, May twelfth. So, what's your thoughts on a Star Girl TV show, Bri? Um. Well, uh, I get all of my DC TV knowledge from your podcast. So, my, um, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, my thoughts is I I am very interested by this show. Uh, during the trailer, I saw Solomon Grundy. So. That, oh no. Okay. So that that has me. Yeah. All right, that that's cool. I mean, I might tune in just to i mean just for that scene just to see that um yeah i see admittedly the you know these these dc shows they go a little bit deeper into the the whatever than uh, i i actually am really knowledgeable of most of my knowledge falls to you know uh, uh independent comics and marvel you know as far as my dc stuff it's mostly it's mostly uh surface stuff um, so getting into those shows have almost always, uh, they've always been very difficult for me. Mm. So I like the fact that when I listen to your podcast, give me the meat and potatoes of everything. And then you kind of explain, you know, what, what I'm, what I would be seeing if I were watching it and, you know, put it in layman's terms. And that way, actually, when I do come across these characters, when I read them in comics, I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Then that's that's the thing from that thing I didn't watch, but was explained to me. So that's those are the as far as a star girl. I have the same exact type of feelings. I just look forward to you explaining it to me. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I I appreciate the compliment, man. That's high praise. So thank you. Not like when I, when I heard about the show, I I'm interested to see how they're going to represent the Justice Society in it, and I know that they've um, changed a couple characters around, but I don't really have a lot of details. Um, we are going to see the stripe armor, which I'm excited to see that was in the trailer. So have we seen the Lazarus pit yet in this universe? We saw a variation in arrow, but not for the DC universe though. 
So that's the closest okay. that's the closest we've come to it. Um, so I'm not sure where they're gonna go with that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, if you're gonna have Grundy, you're gonna you're gonna have the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. So I mean, that that opens some things up right there. Right. Which, like I said, he was with he was with a group of characters, and he's like he's in the background. So unless you're really looking, but it was confirmed it was Grundy. Uh, yeah. So like the fact that you're kind of deep diving around that Jeff Johns is very hands on with us too. Um, so I have full faith that this show is actually going to be a very good surprise. Uh, it just, the casting too. I mean, they do have a lot of like nostalgia fans from the JSA. Like you'll, you'll be very appreciative of it. So I just want to see, I just, I hope it's not going to be like Supergirl season one where it was too sugary and too like. I don't know, bubbly. Like, I understand Stargirl is not exactly a dark character by any means, but I don't want to see it be, you know, so over the top that it's just, like, you know, unwatchable. Well, that's another reason I have such a hard time getting into the CW shows. If more of them were darker, like the DC Universe stuff, like back before I put everything into everything I'm doing right now and had time to watch things every once in a while, I did have the time to watch uh, the first season and a half of Titans and then Swamp Thing and, you know, a couple of things they put out, you know, where they, they allow things to kind of take a darker turn. I, I'm, I'm about that, but I really don't like sugar-coated um, It's fluff. Material. I mean, yeah. It's, and that's, it's... You know, it's, to me, the CW is always just a little, a little too fluffy for me. Yeah. Not that I don't appreciate their form of storytelling. No, but no, but I fully get what you're saying. Just like no. I said, well, that was that first season of Supergirl, they were on uh, CBS. So that like that one, I just it was I, every week I was just like, okay, it could be so much better, but we're just making fluff here. So where they go with Stargirl, I'm just really hoping it follows the comics a little bit. Kind of like reading a Jeff Johns book, but hopefully not following the same footsteps as Green Lantern the movie. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so that being said, we'll have to kind of see what happens in May. I'll see if I can find you the trailer. I'm going to send it to you online tonight, so definitely want your view of that. So let us wrap this show up. Brian, why don't you tell our listening audience where they can find you? Um, well, I'm on all the social media platforms, uh, Twitter, at Cheers to Comics, Instagram, the Cheers to Comics podcast. I just started the Cheers to Comics Facebook group on top of the Facebook page as well, so I'm very facebooky as well and uh it's actually a cool place it's it's just started growing and the interaction in the group is pretty rad so i invite everybody to check that out all types of comic book content and as well as you know the ability to stay up to date with the podcast there but um i mean you can listen to the podcast anywhere that you can listen to a podcast it's just the cheers to comics podcast so i put out three episodes a week um i and i i mean i i, I got a lot to say about comics so yeah follow me everywhere you definitely should. You should definitely check out his Patreon, too. I am a proud subscriber to that, and I highly recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can definitely check him out. Brian does an amazing job talking comics. So if you're a new reader, you're an established reader, you don't know anything about comics, he is the one you go to. He's the one you talk shop with. He will definitely steer you in the right direction of some great books. In fact, I'm just throwing the karma out. One of these days, I have to have you... Justin or Justin Credible Cosplay from our weekly uh, post that we make of his Wednesday pull list and Ron from 3FN in for a joint episode just talking comics. Oh, just break the internet. Oh, okay, my. Cool. I, I need to do this. I'm throwing this energy out there. I know Justin listens. I know Ron definitely listens. I need to make this all happen and talk shop. That thing will break the internet, but that thing will be just internet gold, my friend. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, let's make it happen. I'm down. Definitely have to do it. And I cannot stress enough. Thank you again for bailing us out and being my co-host this week. This was a fun episode as always. Uh, dude, I, I had a blast, man. I'm, I'm so happy that things aligned the way they did. Um, I'm uh, always be recording, man. And this, this is just more opportunity for me. So uh, this was great. This was great. I'm glad that we actually got to talk together about the whole Tony Stark, uh, Satan, Mephisto thing. Yeah. So uh, uh, perfect. Oh, yeah. I know. Because like I said, the minute that happened, like Pat and I were in the studio, we're like, yo, we got to talk to Brian about this. And that's why we're like, yo, we are putting in a sounder to warn him because I do not want him here in this episode and going, what the hell happened? Pun intended. So, <laughs> so we definitely had to make that happen. So, like I said, I cannot stress enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for helping us out this week. Definitely have to have you back on when the staff is uh, fully healthy and not in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I hope their Home Depot has the little the little painter's masks for them and everything so they get well soon. Because I hear that's the cure. If you put a piece of cardboard over your face, it makes you all better. Oh, man. So, yeah, no, yeah. It's, there's just so much. I'm just telling our listening audience, just be safe. Please, you know, wash your hands and just be as safe as possible with whatever's going on outside right now with that thing going on. Just, just like you should be doing 365 days a year. Stay clean and don't be a dirty idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so on that note, the music you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. You can find them and all the great music you hear on the ODPH podcast at one place, and that is OchoDuroParleyR.com. You can find them under the music section. You can go to the ODPH directory, and guess what? You can find out all the great podcaster groups that we are in, including the Apocalypse community, which Brian yeah. is running, and that Podchaser list will be on and uploaded tonight as soon as I get done recording. So I have because I have to go on there and just make sure we add that link in because the minute I got out of work, we had to do the episode. So I have not had time to do that. But shout out to everybody there. On Definitely you can find out all the different groups that we're in and definitely check them out on Podchaser. Rate, review, share, download, subscribe. What else can we do on there? You can comment. Yes. You can comment about specific episodes. You can definitely throw in your five cents about what you think was going on with Tony Stark and Mephisto. We'll definitely be reading those comments, and I definitely want to have some interaction with you about that. So on ODPH.com, though, I should just say OchoDoraParleyR.com because we don't have ODPH.com. But on the webpage, you can find out all the links, all the blogs, everything that is the ODPH is one-stop shop, and that is OchoDoraParleyR.com. So for Brian Wayne from Cheers to Comics, thank you again for coming through. Thank you, Ken. This is awesome, man. I'm glad to be a part of this. I can't wait to talk shop with the rest of the crew in the future. Absolutely. We're going to make that happen. I'm your host, Ken. M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. Uh-huh.